Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. So, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries. If you're just joining us, we're going to talk about spiritual attacks tonight, and tonight specifically, Jezebel. So, I'll pray with you. Uh, and we're going to get started. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We ask that you open our spiritual ears, that you open our eyes, uh, that we may hear and see what you're doing, that we would know exactly how to respond and what to do in spiritual attacks. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so we're going to start uh, in First Peter chapter 5. I don't know if my iPad, if you can see it or not, but First Peter chapter 5. And we, you're very familiar with a lot of these beginning verses, but we want to put a foundation here about the enemy who is the source of our spiritual attacks. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's a, a spiritual attack is a spiritual attack. I wish we had a lot more time, but to really dive in and, and you know, explain that we are three-part beings. We have a body that we live in. We, pos- we are a spirit. We're a spiritual being. Uh, and we possess a soul, which is our mind or will or intellect. And so... We can get attacked naturally through the flesh, and we can get attacked spiritually into our soul, and uh, we can become afflicted with depressions, anxieties, all these different things. Uh, and I'm not talking about a demon living; it was talking about a spiritual attack from the outside in. And so, we, we want to uh, really define tonight. We're talking about spiritual attack. So, I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving you medical advice. Not everything is a spiritual attack, but then again, not everything is a natural thing either. And how do you recognize them? Well, there's a lot of Bible verses about it. And again, we're just going to take some time tonight to talk about Jezebel. It would be impossible to cover every single one of them. But I'd like probably to continue uh, maybe with depression next week if we can get there. Uh, Maybe some other things that happen, addictions, uh, maybe some traumatic events that led to trauma in your mind. You know, uh, just anxieties and panics and dreams and uh, actually not dreams, but nightmares, things like that. So we want to really continue this to give you the tools to be victorious in what God's called you to do. And we just, we want you to have a good life. You know, here at Powerful Freedom Ministries, uh, my testimony is coming from a place of torment. So, you know, we want you to be powerful and free. And so I want that for you as much as anyone else. And I know you want it as well. So in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be a sober spirit, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And so he's always looking. He never gets tired. He's never going to stop. He's looking for someone to devour. Uh, and it doesn't mean he's looking for someone just to you know, nudge on. He wants to devour you. He wants to end it for you. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, He wants to take everything from you. He wants to just chew on you and chew on you until you got nothing left. And so if you're waiting for the enemy to stop attacking you to get victory, if you're waiting for him to have an off day, you probably are going to be extremely exhausted. You're going to get very beat up, uh, and you're going to be waiting a very long time because he doesn't quit. We'll never give up. And if he leaves, he's going to come back, try to find a better time to come back. It's his job. So what he does, he tries to attack the children of God. He tries to stop us. And he uses a lot of different spiritual attacks to do that. And so 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing 
so that you also at the revelation of his glory you may rejoice with him so we want to remember that even though these things happen to us and our brothers and sisters are experiencing all around the world and some is demonic and some is just god disciplining us as sons and daughters we did a great teaching on that previous you can look it up but we want to make sure that it all produces in you a joy it takes you to a place closer to god it takes you to a place where, as we just read, we keep on rejoicing so we can have the revelation of his glory. We want to keep moving towards the call in God. So all these spiritual attacks that happen in our life, try to stay grounded. I know sometimes it can be difficult, but try to stay grounded. And remember, God has his hand on you. Just like with Job, God has his hand on you. Nothing's going to happen to you outside of God's knowing. And so we've got to get this position that, hey, we don't enjoy it. We don't like it. Maybe we don't always understand it. But it could be because... You know, we're going into a place with God we weren't before. Maybe we're about ready to launch into a new place with God. Maybe we're going to step into a new position in our hearts with God. There's a lot of variables and a lot of reasons why the enemy could be looking to devour you and you really stand out next to the person, you know, uh, compared to the person standing next to you. Say, well, how come me and not them? Well, we don't know everything behind the scenes, but we know it's supposed to lead us to joy. So if you're under attack, I know it's hard, but you got to keep your joy. Got to stay happy <laughs> sounds difficult right but you gotta stay happy you can't let it get to you beyond what it actually is and what it actually is is you have an enemy trying to destroy you because you're in the kingdom of god you enlisted as a soldier so in psalms 144 verse 1 uh, this is just to encourage you before we get into the teaching uh, a psalm of david blessed be the lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle my faithfulness and my fortress my stronghold and my savior my shield and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. God is training you. He's preparing you for battle. A lot of us don't like talking about it. A lot of us don't like even addressing the fact that we have spiritual attacks. Now, we live in them, and we know what's happening to our flesh or our minds when we're getting attacked. We just don't want to acknowledge it. We don't want to acknowledge that we need to go through a training or that we need to, to learn how to battle. But we do. We it, we very much in this time, this day and age, 2023, man, if you have children especially, uh, if you know somebody with children, and if you're just around adult now, we need to know how to fight. Uh, this generation is under severe attack, severe attack for our children right now with their identities and all the things that are happening. We have to be trained for war. We have to be trained for battle. And one of the ways we do doing that is we've got to recognize spiritual attacks. But when we recognize them, we need to know what to do. So we are going to take... To uh, right now in First Kings chapter 19, we're going to take the Bible and we are going to just break this thing down about Jezebel and Elijah with King Ahab. And we are just going to break it into seven parts uh, to where we can recognize if Jezebel particularly is attacking you, how you can identify that quickly, almost in the stages of where you're at in it. Now, this is not 100%. He, she follows this or the spirit, I should say, follows this every time that wicked spirit of Jezebel, uh, because it's a lying spirit. So they can lie. They can do whatever they want. But here's a good Bible example, good foundational start of how you can recognize if Jezebel is attacking you and what to do. So you have a pen, paper, notes, your phone, whatever. I know I'm old school, pen and paper, but uh, you want to use your phone. Want to start with me in 1 Kings 19, first verse. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah has done. And, and now... He had and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. I got to turn my light up a little bit here on my iPad. It's hard to read. Uh, prophets with the sword. 
Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and even more, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Right there. First attack of Jezebel. The thought is planted. It's in your uh, subconscious. It's in your conscious. It's in your brain. A little tag in here for a couple weeks. So we talked about intrusive thoughts. We talked about how to take thoughts captive. So you want to look back on these things because this is where it starts. This is how she gets in. And when I say she, I'm doing it in reference to the Jezebel spirit we're talking about for scripture, but it's not really a gender in that spirit. It can attack men and women. So women are not exempt from it. It's not just for men. And there's not a gender to that spirit. Now think about what I'm saying. A little purposeful side note here. Uh, So why spirits don't have gender? So put two and two together. Why do we have an entire move across this nation that is questioning gender? Where is that influence of non-gender in the spiritual realm that's coming from? Uh, Because when you take gender away, you take an identity, you're taking all these things away from it. And spirits will be anything they need to be, anything that they can be allowed to be or need to be to get influence into your life. So Jezebel, a lot of people look for a spirit in a woman, but it can be in a man. It doesn't have to be a woman. It is a spirit. Remember that it is a spirit. In this teaching, we're going to use she so we can keep reference to Jezebel. Uh, But we want to remember the first thing is the thought is placed in your head. By this time tomorrow, you will be dead. I mean, she's a threat. It's in there. What happens in verse 3? And he was afraid and rose and ran for his life. Second thing that happens is fear. Every single time a spiritual attack happens to you, there's going to be a thought. And that thought's going to bring fear. Now, that fear can, can go all the way to anxiety attacks or panic attacks, depending on how uh, that thought has crept into you, depending on how long you've let it sit there, depending on how far in the root. That's why you got to take these things captive. That's why we talked about this a couple weeks ago. And he's afraid and he's running. All right. So the third thing that happens is a reaction. Reactions are really dangerous when they're from a place that's not of God. A reaction to fear, a reaction to a spirit makes people do uh, a little bit not so smart, maybe even dumb things because you're not thinking straight. You're not thinking about what's the right thing to do. You're just reacting. You're just getting out of that situation. You're having panic. You're fearful. You got this thought. You're running. And a lot of times what people do is run from church. They run from God. They run from strong leadership. They run. Where they run? All over the place, but they run. Uh, why? Because that's what uh, demonic spirits do. They get you away from God. Never were you going to be attacked by a spirit, uh, a demonic spirit that pushes you to God. It wouldn't make any sense. So when you see someone have that thought and that fear hits them and they run from God, they're under attack. Uh, they're not necessarily running from you. They're not running from church. They're not running from ministry. They're not mad. I mean, they may believe it, but that's not what's really happening. Is they're being influenced and they're reacting out of that and they're running away. They're just running away from God. Are you still with me? Good. So we're going to keep moving down. He ran for his life in verse four, but he himself went a day's journey in the wilderness and came and sat under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. Then he said, it's enough now, Lord, take my life. Verse no better than my father. So you start, you know, having these thoughts of be better if I wasn't alive. Now we know that word is that word is we use is called suicide. You start thinking about taking your life. Now, again, I got to say this because if you have those thoughts, please reach out and get help. Do not just hold those thoughts. Go and seek help. Do not 
Just have a thought of taking your life and think it'd be better if you were dead and not share it with someone. Go get help. I can't stress this enough. Don't worry about what people will think. Don't worry about, you know, if they call uh, the 911 or local authority, whatever. Just go get help. Don't worry about what happens. Go get help. It's a horrible uh, place to sit in those thoughts of wanting to take your life. And it's dangerous. You sit there long enough, you know, things can manifest and happen. And we don't want that for any of you. Nobody does. There's always a reason to live. So if you're at that part, whether it's spiritual, it doesn't matter where this part's coming from. Just want to put this out there. If you're at a part where you're thinking about taking your life, go get help. In this case, we're talking about where Elijah ran. He sat down. He said, it'd be better for me to die. He's in a, he's in a dark spot right now. And so we know what follows those dark spots, right? Uh, he laid down, slept underneath a tree. And now he's laying down and he's sleeping. And so now he's going into what we would call depression. He doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to eat. doesn't want to do nothing. He's depressed. He wants to lay down and go to bed. We've all been there. Unfortunately, some of us more than others, and some of us stay there longer. And uh, some people really struggle with depression. And we're hoping to do a whole uh, thing, uh, I was going to say podcast, but spirit life on depression. Uh, we, we really want to help you get over depression and get through depression. It's a real thing. I'm not going to take away from it. It's not something you just mind over matter. There's some real great tools biblically. There's some things that you can do. Uh, spiritually and physically in your flesh to really help overcome depression. And hopefully, again, we'll get to that uh, down the road with it. But he fell asleep under a tree, and an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. And behold, uh, there at his head was a break, uh, bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and he laid down again. I mean, he's, he's in it. You know, He doesn't want to do anything. And you can't really... Fault the man for humanity. And that's not anything I want to encourage you with. We're human. I mean, at the end of the day, we are still human. I know we're spiritual beings, but you live in this thing. You, you live in these human bodies. And they're, they're not the greatest. If you've been in yours for any amount of time, you realize they got a lot of issues. And they, they really don't always do what you want to do. They don't help you out as much as they should. So don't beat yourself up. If you're going through it and you're being spiritually attacked, you know, uh, here's a man of God that had encounters with God and saw things most of us will never see and just killed all the prophets of Baal and, and, and did amazing things. And, you know, he's not ever, none of us, not just him, but we're never exempt from humanity. Don't ever forget that. No matter how spiritual you get. We're going to talk about that uh, Friday. Yes, Friday coming up in Windsor. We're going to be there. We're going to be talking about humanity because Jesus in the garden, you know, sweating drops of blood. Humanity was in a human a human body like we have. So don't ever beat yourself up about this stuff. We were not doing this to make you feel bad. We're doing it so you can say, okay, I'm at this stage now. I'm at depression. Let's keep going. Let's find out what's going on. Then uh, we want to go into verse 8. He arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. Right. So he's going, going, going. Gets to the cave. He came to a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So this is the this is the critical turning part. This is where now God's intervened. Did you ever read the verse where it says God will never give you more than you can handle? And we misquote a lot out of context, but this is where God will always interject. In Job's life, God interjected. In Paul's life with a thorn inside, God he prayed three times and God answered. God will always interject himself into this situation and give you an opportunity every single time give you an opportunity or a way out. And that's what's happening right here. He says to him, hey, uh, what are you doing, right? In verse 10, he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, killed your prophets with a sword. 
and I alone am left, and I seek to take my life away. Okay, so what is he doing? He's telling what everyone else has done. He's saying, you know, all this stuff's going on. It sounds a little harsh what we're going to say here now, but he starts to become a victim. Okay, he's saying, it's not fair. I've done all this for you. I've been jealous for you. You know, you're starting to become a little bit, um, number seven, angry with God as well, right? So you become a victim, and then you're getting mad at God. All these are so, uh, you know, in an order of exactly what the enemy wants to do. It's like his his calling card. Like, I, you know, I don't say anything like he has a trademark, but you know what I mean? Like, he has things that he does, and this just lines up to him. Fear, the thoughts, the reaction of you just going the wrong direction, running from God, getting mad at God, depression, wanting to take your life. Like, this is exactly what the enemy does to, to everyone. If he can, this is his whole goal. In all of our spiritual attacks, if you really sit down and think about what is the root of all of them, it's to get you away from God. It's to get you to, to give up on yourself, to beat yourself up, to you know condemn yourself, to judge yourself, to I don't know, reflect on everything you've done in your life and, and just make this huge cloud over you that you're worthless for the kingdom, you're no good, no one's ever going to want to use you. And when you get in that pattern, it's so easy to start making mistakes. And when you start making those mistakes, you make more mistakes on top of mistakes because one mistake leads to another mistake. And I know, I know I'm talking to some of you when I say it seems like a snowball, right? It starts little and just rolls downhill. Next thing you know, you're at the bottom of it. And you look around, like, how in the world did I even get here? Who, who, I mean, who did I become? It's hard. It's difficult because we're in a war. We're in a spiritual war and the enemy doesn't play by the rules. He's not fair. He doesn't care if you're having a bad day or an off day. He doesn't care if you're busy. He doesn't care if you got stuff going on. He doesn't care if life's throwing a lot of work at you, if you got uh, family members you're struggling with or your children. He, he doesn't care. He'll take any of those opportunities he can, and he'll just you know try to force himself in there. And Jezebel is especially good at this. If you have a prophetic call in your life, if you have the gift of prophecy, if, if you're in the office of a prophet, Jezebel hates you. Jezebel, you will meet Jezebel. It will come after you. Uh, almost everyone I know that's, that has a prophetic gift has had an encounter with Jezebel in fear and depression, suicidal thoughts, all this stuff. It, Jezebel is just like, you know, the oil to water of a prophet or water to fire. I mean, it it's just amazing how, and don't do this, but it's amazing how you can just almost pattern the call by the attack. And don't do that. But I'm just saying, everyone I know that has a prophetic gift on their life has encountered this wicked spirit that absolutely hates, hates the prophetic, hates it. Why? Because you're speaking life. You're speaking, uh, putting, bringing forth the seeds that were planted. Oh, we don't have time to get on this. I'm getting off track. But anyway, remind me, we'll try to get in it sometime. But it's a normal thing to have those things attack people with prophetic gifts. So here we listed the seven things, and you're saying, okay, great, I've identified it. Now what? Well, now I just close it and say goodnight and see you on your way out. No, I would never do that. And that's the problem with a lot of teachings, right? They don't they get to it, but they don't ever give you the solution. Well, what good is it to identify the problem if you don't have the solution? That's like saying, well, I'm, I know you your finger's cut, but good luck. We have no help for you. So I don't want you to check out in the middle of these teachings. And this is a little bit of my reserve of doing some of these teachings. And uh, as we develop some maturity in the response of those watching and maturity of those going to take the whole lesson for heart. It's like taking one verse out of context from Jesus when he's teaching or from Apostle Paul or from Peter or anyone. When you hear a teaching on how to overcome, you got to listen to the whole thing. you gotta, you got to make it through the entire 
teaching to the victory part. You just can't give up and say, well, I got this, I'm out. No, and we want to make sure that we give God time to work as well. So I want you to listen to the solution that's here in Scripture. But I also want you then, when we pray, I want you to pray along. And I want you to take time tonight to pray about it. Find out where you are. Don't do it as in levels. It has to happen, by the way. Don't say I'm in number four. I got three more to go. It doesn't work that way. But I just want you to recognize it so you know how to fight back. So you know how to pray. So you can go dig in Scripture and find all the warring verses. Find all the victory verses. Find where God teaches my hands for battle. And, and read your Psalms and read Psalms 91. And, and go into no weapon formed against me. And you know, just keep going. Luke 10, 19. Authority of all demons over all the demonic. And nothing by any means shall harm you. You want to just keep pressing into the word and know how to fight back. But we also want to read here of how did God bring Elijah through this attack? Well, first, he asked him a question. What are you doing? So God got his attention. And he said, I'm jealous for you. And he went into this part. And, and, and Elijah just stuck in that vein, didn't he? He still said, man... I had this victim thing going on a little bit and not busting on Elijah. Humanity is rough. We all deal with it. And then he got mad at God. I'm the only one left. They seek to take it away. What are you doing? Reminds you of Job a little bit, right? And so he said, go forth. God said in verse 11, go forth, stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by in a great and strong wind was rending the mountain and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle blowing. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in the mantle, and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he goes down to say to him, uh, Elijah said to God again, pretty much the same thing. They've killed your prophets. They've torn down your altars. And God pretty much ignores Elijah at this time with it and just goes right to verse 15 and says, Go, return on your way, and he tells him all the things that he has to do. So what was the answer there? We read it. What was the answer? It wasn't the wind. It wasn't the earthquake. It wasn't the fire. Elijah didn't go outside for any of that. What did he go outside for? A gentle blowing. A gentle blowing. In the midst of all the warfare, in the midst of all the stuff going on, in the midst of everything, it is in the quiet, still place with God that we find victory. It's not in the loudest prayers at the prayer meetings. It's not in the, the longest of fastings. It's not in the loudest of worship. It's not in the screaming at the top of your lungs. Now, I am a fan, maybe not the screaming, but I'm a fan of all those loud prayers and loud worship. I'm a fan of all those. Uh, I myself am very proud and guilty of praying loud and, and worshiping loud. I have no problem with any of that. But that's not where God's found when you're being attacked. When you're being attacked, he's found in that, that small, that very small, still voice. Now, why? Great question. Why is it? The reason God has found that still, small voice inside you, that, that place, is because that's where peace is. And where peace is, is where God is. God is the author of peace. He, he has a peace that surpasses all understanding. In the midst of the storm, disciples are on the boat. The waves are crashing, going everywhere, and they're all, you know, think we're going to die, we're going to drown, you know, where is Jesus, how can we go? And he got, and just said, peace. Peace. And everything went calm. It is in the power of peace where all the victories of every demonic attack will and ever has been won. It is in the peaceful place in the garden where Jesus knelt down, and he has blood running down his face from his sweat, and he says, not my will, 
but your will be done. It's in the, the peaceful on the cross where the Father whispers, it's finished, right? It's in the peaceful place of your life at night where the shaking, the vibrating, the, 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 the ratchet in your head back and forth, the depression, the sounds, the thoughts, all this going on. You press through all that. You press through it all. And in that quiet spot, you will hear God. You will hear him talk to you. You will hear his voice. You will hear the instruction. You will hear the how, but you will also feel him in there. You will you will know God's with you. You will find that comfort that surpasses all understanding. You'll, you'll, it'd be like you're in that boat and the waves are coming and everyone should be scared, but you're not. You're in a fire like three Hebrew boys, but the, the fire's not touching you, just the ropes. You're in this place where it's too much, but you're calm. You have a peace about you. You have a peace. In Ephesians, we know the armor of God, having done all, right? Having done all, stand. What does that mean? You've done everything you do. You did all the fighting, all the yelling, all the swords, all the shields. Having done all, you stand. Stand on what? You stand on God. You stand firm. You stand firm in the armor of God. You stand firm in the what? Let's read it together. In Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God. You'll be able to resist the enemy and the schemes of the devil. For our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world force of darkness, against spiritual force of wickedness in heavenly places. I mean, we've got some battles, right? Therefore, take up the armor of God so you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, having your, your girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Why are we told to stand? Because you're standing in the shoes, right? of the gospel of peace. That surpasses all understanding. Elijah finally came out, stood there. God talked to him. I don't want to not read the rest of this. In addition, take up the shield of faith, which will be able to extinguish all the flaming errors of the evil one, and the helmet of salvation, the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. And so we stand there. And he gets up after he hears it. He knows it's God. Because the enemy's roaring. The enemy's loud. The enemy's in your head the enemies the thoughts and intrusive and depressions and this and that and god doesn't need to prove himself in being the loudest he doesn't need to prove himself in being showboaty you know what i mean do you ever meet uh someone has a lot of confidence they don't need to tell you they're confident you know they're confident right someone has to tell you how great they are usually isn't great and someone has to tell you how strong they are usually isn't strong and someone has to tell you how uh, mature they are usually isn't mature right god doesn't need to prove anything he's god He's got peace. He's got the power. He's got everything in his hands. So when he speaks to you in that quiet voice and it just penetrates right through all the stuff, that's when victory starts to happen. And I want to tell you, give you two examples of this that I'm sure you can relate to. One, uh, almost every mother can relate to this. You can be in a crowd. I've seen it. Most of you have seen it. You can be in a crowd. There can be all kinds of kids around. But when your kid says your name, when their child says their name, mom. They can hear that mom. Out of all the moms, they can hear that mom. And what does Jesus tell us? Uh, that we, his sheep, know the shepherd's voice. We know his voice. We know our shepherd's voice. I, I'm married. Uh, uh, my wife, Jenny, if we go somewhere and there's people around and she, I can hear. I can hear my wife's voice because I love her. I've settled that into a place inside me that's only reserved 
for the sound of her voice. Now, God is the same thing. He is our shepherd. We are a sheep and a good shepherd. We can hear his voice. The sheep can hear his voice. He has this place in your heart that you might not have ever experienced. You might not have ever tapped into yet. You may not have ever found. And the only place you can really find it is in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the attack, in the midst of all these spiritual things. That is where you really can hear so loud, even though it's so quiet, the voice of God in your life. That comes from intimacy. That comes from relationship with him. That comes from spending time with him, just like it does in the natural. It comes from wanting to be with him. You hear his voice in the midst of the storm where the wind's blowing, the earthquake's blowing, the fire's blowing, Jezebel's attacking you. You know, if it feels like all hell's falling on top of you and your life's falling apart, it doesn't matter. You'll hear his voice and you will breathe and you will, you, you will get grounded. You will calm down. I'm not saying everything will go away, but I'm saying in you, something will change and you'll start to slowly get up. You'll start to get up, start to gain victory and start overcoming. And this is, this is one of the most uh, strategic attacks against Jezebel that you can do is calm down. Don't let her get in your head. Don't let it get into your thoughts. Don't just calm down and really just hear the voice of God. The whisper of God in your life is one of the most powerful weapons of warfare we have. A lot of people don't know this is a, a weapon of warfare because a lot of people pray louder and get louder and get louder. And if you notice, Elijah, before all this, he was challenging the prophets of Baal and they were screaming and yelling and cutting themselves, trying to get their God to answer. And Elijah just looked up to heaven and prayed. We have a God who knows his authority. We have a God who knows he is the only God. We don't have to scream and shout. We don't have to beg and plead. He knows he's God and he knows who is of him. You know what I mean? Like who's his children and you, me, everyone. Uh, if we've given our life to God, we are. So tonight, lay down. We go to sleep. Let your sleep be sweet. You're being attacked by Jezebel. You're going through this with a prophetic gift in your life or call in your life. You're being attacked by any spiritual thing. This still works. Uh, we'll, we'll talk maybe more about some other kind of attacks throughout the coming weeks. But find that small, still voice. Find that place where that whisper is so loud that the wind, the earthquake, and the fire can't even compare to it. Can't even compare to that whisper of God and that peace that surpasses all understanding. And when that happens, man, the enemy knows right then and there he's lost. He knows he's lost the fight because you're doing something he can't do. And you're grabbing a hold of that intimate love, that unconditional love God has for you. And he knows at that point, when we experience that in the midst of our battles, in the, in the rage of all the attack, when a Christian, a born-again Christian, can find that spot, Psalms 91, right? When we can find that spot, that is where victory is beyond the enemy. And I want to turn her with you to Psalms 91 in closing and in prayer. If I get my iPad to work, uh, there it goes. I want to read it with you. He who dwells in a shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Right? So we're under the shelter of the Most High. I'd love to read this whole thing with you, and I want you to go read Psalms 91. But we hide. We, we are covered in his arms. We're covered in the Lord. And that part right there 
is where we need to have peace. Where we have to demonstrate to ourselves we live a father-filtered life. It's attacked. We may not like it. Where brothers and sisters all around the world are going. The enemy's roaring like a lion. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel like, you know, my brain's coming out of my head. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Find that peace. Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. You win either way. You win either way. But we want you to win victorious, advancing the kingdom, doing what God's called you to do, and grabbing a hold of your part that God's put you on this earth for. Because you're not here just to take up room. You're here to advance the kingdom of God, to demonstrate his power, his glory, his love, his mercy. And you, you are a carrier of the gospel of the great news. So I want to pray with you and really want you to embrace the peace of God. Amen. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Father, that you showed us these uh, just very strategic in your word ways that we can recognize, that we can fight, uh, that we can learn to hear you in it. And tonight, Father, I pray for everyone going through something, that they would find your peace that surpasses all understanding. They would hear your still small voice, and it would just bring a, a smile to their face or maybe a tear to their eye, knowing that even if everything around them is falling apart, if it seems like you know Jezebel's just jumping up and down in their life, God, you have us. You have us in your arms and we are protected by you forever we live a father filtered life and lord we thank you for that in jesus name we want to invite you out to our good friday service if you're in the area if not watch us online or uh, join us right here wherever you're watching us on youtube or facebook and also for a resurrection service on sunday uh easter service resurrection service on sunday at 10 30 uh, you can join us in windsor all the information will be here on the website the screen all that great stuff if not right here on facebook or youtube and again as always we want to thank you for your support continued support uh, for those that partner with the ministry and your monthly uh giving just is what enables us to keep doing these things and your prayers enable us as well we need both and we thank you for that and uh as always t jason price power for freedom ministries thank you god bless and uh, we hope to see you in person at one of our places we're going to here coming out soon or there in Windsor or join us again live online. God bless. God bless. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717-537-PFFM or Email us at info at pffministries.org. God bless.